From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is Battleground Ballot Box. I'm Stephen Fowler. Primary election season is upon us, and for Republicans, the stakes are high. After losing the 2020 election and continuing to falsely claim it was rigged, Donald Trump is also flexing his control over the GOP. He's endorsing a growing list of primary challengers seeking to unseat conservatives that didn't overturn the election for him. One of the states he remains most focused on is Georgia. The former president has backed a number of candidates in an effort to remake the state in his image with a clean slate of elected officials, with Governor Brian Kemp as his primary target. And that's okay. Stacey, would you like to take his place? It's okay with me. Of course, having her, I think, might be better than having your existing governor, if you want to know. Might, might very well be better. The intra-party GOP fight comes at a pivotal time, where Democrats are facing daunting odds in November, but Georgia is quickly trending away from Republicans. And the country is closely divided on issues around race, education, voting, and more. Um, but, you know, I'm on the ballot now. People are running against me. I'm an incumbent governor, and I'm, I'm just reminding people of what I promised them I would do, and what I've done, and what I want to keep doing. This week, we follow Brian Kemp on the campaign trail in his quest to cement his conservative credentials in spite of Trump's best efforts. It's a crowded Friday morning at a restaurant on the Gainesville Square. On the menu, a heaping helping of praise for Governor Brian Kemp. Listen, great crowd here today. Let me tell you a little bit about my governor. My governor ran to be governor three years ago. Everything that he has promised, I've watched mature. I've watched come about. State Representative Emery Donahue from nearby Gillsville ticks through a veritable smorgasbord of Kemp's accomplishments. A teacher pay raise, strict abortion legislation, a COVID-19 response that limited restrictions and focused on, quote, the lives and livelihoods of Georgians. And when he had to govern, that means he made decisions for the state of Georgia to not shut down the state. And that's why we can do the things that we do today. And I want to just tell you, I do appreciate that, all the decisions that you make. There's always somebody shoveling something at you every time, and we'll say nice stuff like snow. But with that, you've done an outstanding job. Brian Kemp is in, shall we say, a unique position. He's Georgia's first lifelong Republican to serve as governor since Reconstruction. He's outraged Democrats for his stances on things like voting rights, education, guns, and health care, and championed conservative legislation on everything from abortion access to state spending. And he's touted a never-ending stream of economic development announcements and a gangbusters economy. But there's still a chance he won't be the Republican on the ballot in November. Unfortunately, today, we're divided, and Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger are to blame. Look, I like Brian. This isn't personal. It's simple. He has failed all of us and cannot win in November. Former U.S. Senator David Perdue, with the encouragement of Trump, is running against Kemp and attacking him over his certification of the 2020 election results, which Kemp was legally required to do. And now there's a small but vocal segment of conservative voters in Georgia ready to replace the governor with someone else. 
But on a campaign swing through Northeast Georgia, one of the most conservative parts of the country, you'd never know the former president was leading a call to take Kemp down. Almost. You know, in this race, there's a lot of outside noise. But you know what I'm concerned with? Is what Georgians want me to be doing. And doing what I actually told them I would do in 2017. Now look, there's some people that are mad about some of the things that I've done. But they also should not be surprised because that's what I campaigned on. And that's what I'm going to continue to do as your governor. If the governor's mad at Trump or Purdue, you would never know it, but you do get a sense of defiant vindication as Kemp makes these campaign stops where he addresses large crowds of enthusiastic supporters. There's a lot of Trump supporters that are diehard Trump supporters that are diehard Kemp supporters. And those are the people we're talking to every day, the people that are upset about things. You know, I'm telling them my side of that story. And when they hear that, that's boding well for us. We're seeing that in the polling. And we're going to go out there and continue to answer questions every day. You know, there's a lot of people uh, that are running for governor that aren't answering questions. You know, we're not scared of that. We embrace that. That's how people really learn about what the truth is and how hard I've been fighting for them. But the governor continues to face withering attacks from Trump and his right flank, and he's also been a constant target of Democrats seeking to win control of a state that has become demographically diverse and politically purple in recent years. In places like Cleveland, Tacoa, and Clayton, he's among friends, with a parade of local officials and regular voters singing Kemp's praises. Over a boxed lunch in Cornelia, Charles and Laura Rilling remarked they liked the governor's demeanor. You know, to, in my mind, Kemp is not really a good politician. He's quiet and rather unassuming and not boastful like a lot of the others are. Uh, and plus, like he said, uh, he's stood the trial of fire. What I've noticed is he is not afraid to make the hard decision. And once he has made the hard decision, he will stand by it. Whether it's popular or not with the rest of the country and the way politics is going. Kemp has made a lot of decisions recently, some more popular than others. He signed a sweeping 98-page election law that's being challenged in court and tightens absentee voting rules. He's also made numerous and sometimes controversial appointments, like a new Georgia Supreme Court justice and Board of Regents members that paved the way for former Governor Sonny Perdue to become Chancellor of Georgia's public university system. He's backed expanded gun rights, decried so-called critical race theory in classrooms, even though it's not taught in Georgia, and fought the Biden administration's rules to deal with the pandemic, particularly when it comes to mandatory vaccines and masking. If you look closely, you can see a governor flexing the strength of his office, either to decisively remind primary voters of his influence, or perhaps to enshrine conservative power that a Democratic victory in November could not easily undo. Throughout the nine-hour, five-county day, time and time again, Republican voters say Kemp's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic is one of the strongest reasons he has their support. Steve Black owns Junior's Bar and Grill in Tacoa, which opened right before the pandemic hit. Being in the restaurant industry, I watched all the other states shut down, and uh, he got us back open as quick as possible. A lot of restaurants didn't survive in other states, and, uh, and uh, because of his efforts here, it really uh, made me where I could be successful.
Then there's Frank Lastra and Clayton. I like that he kept the schools open. I like that he uh, was able to open up the state as quickly as possible after COVID. I like that um, he just stands with traditional values for, for Georgia and that he's been supporting a lot of the rural communities. You know, small towns need the assistance. The governor has made investing in rural Georgia a priority, something Lastra and others say does not go unnoticed when he takes the time to visit places outside of Atlanta. And if David Perdue really wants to be governor, John Ford in Cleveland says he can wait his turn. For me, it's very simple. We have a governor. He's the incumbent. Uh, he is overseeing still the number one state in the nation for business. He's led us through the pandemic, uh, making tough choices. I believe that he is a conservative, as, a, as I am, and he has steadied the ship. And for me, it's very simple. Uh, Purdue had a race. He ran his race. He lost his race. And David Purdue is out of his lane. As for the Trump endorsement of Purdue, while I voted for President Trump twice, I do not feel he is keeping the best interest of Georgians at heart. Brian Kemp hasn't always been the favored candidate, stretching back to his first run for state Senate when he narrowly beat a Democratic incumbent. Now, even though he's the most powerful politician in Georgia, some are still counting him out. That's a good point, looking back. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the night, I asked the governor if he felt some Republicans in Georgia weren't giving him enough credit for the conservative policies he's championed in a state that could, in theory, go to Democrats sooner than later. Saying that, I think the people understand what kind of job I've done. I don't, you know, I'm running like an underdog, but I don't feel like one. Uh, we've got tremendous support around the state. First campaign uh, of any of them out there to be organized in all 159 counties. We got That type of local support matters when you're running a campaign, even when facing a primary opponent backed by the ostensible leader of the party. Uh, it matters when you have people that are teaching in our classrooms and small business owners like the restaurant owner that are here because they, they remember, you know, they remember me opening the state back up and fighting for them and and now they're going to be fighting for me. So between now and the May primary, expect to see Brian Kemp, the campaigner, dialed up to 11 to show conservative voters he's still the boss. But every action to win the GOP primary now could make a rematch against Democrat Stacey Abrams a little bit tougher, and it remains to be seen if Kemp's visibility and efforts will be enough to convince a majority of voters in this battleground state that he should keep his job. Battleground Ballot Box is from Georgia Public Broadcasting and produced by me, Stephen Fowler, with Jess Mador. Our editor is Josephine Bennett. Our engineer is Jesse Neiswanger, who also wrote our theme music. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks for listening. Georgia's DBHDD is urging people to store and lock away all medications to prevent theft and keep them away from children and pets. Old medications can be disposed at Dropbox locations. Dropbox locations can be found at opioidresponse.info.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.